Ladies and gentlemen, Bro. join me, yours truly, the franchise, as we talk sports, politics, and everything in between here on Real Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? What's going on? Welcome to the very first edition of Real Talk with yours truly, the franchise. Uh, here, man, we talk everything, sports, politics, everything in between. You know, we try to keep up with today's current events. Um, and we try to keep this thing, man, as honest and as uh, straight-laced as possible. You know, we, we try to uh, keep it uh, super authentic. Um, we try not to basically come off, man, and just overly scripted. You know, we uh, this is a free-flowing forum here. And we just kind of speak on whatever is going on, whatever is on our minds and on our hearts at the time. And, yeah, man, you know, just from there, uh, that's pretty much how we're going to rock with this thing. So if you missed it, uh, as I said, my name is uh, DJ. Uh, I go by the franchise, of course. Um, and, you know, really quick before I, I, I touch on some sports and some stuff, uh, I really want to talk about the state of the world right now. Um, as you guys are all very, very, very well aware across the globe, uh, we are going through a pandemic, um, something that we've been told time and time again, we haven't seen, uh, since the likes of the Spanish flu, uh, I believe that was 1918 or 1916, 1918, uh, if I'm wrong, correct me, but I want to say it was the 1918 Spanish flu, uh, I believe, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, it's definitely a crazy, crazy time we're living in. We're definitely living in unprecedented, unprecedented times. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, if any of my listeners are, you know, how how religious you guys are, but uh, you know, if you were a super overtly religious person, an overly religious person, man, uh, you might think this is the end of the world. Um, this is kind of looking something similar to uh, what you would see in the end of the world movies, uh, you know, like a World War Z type or, uh, you know, some type of I Am Legend, you know, uh, with just the way, you know, people are just falling ill and uh, dying left and right. And then you got some people, man, that have this, uh, this virus and don't even realize they have it, which uh, to me is amazing. Uh, I'm looking online now at some of the statistics, and I'm not sure. Well, it says it was updated uh, 32 minutes ago, um, so I'm just going to kind of roll with that. So this is just for the purpose of this podcast. Uh, don't hold me to exact data and exact numbers, but I'm just going to spew off a few numbers here that I see online. So uh, worldwide here, man, we have 486,592 confirmed cases. Um, and, uh, across the world here, uh, let's see, we have 114,713 recovered. We have 22,020 deaths, uh, according to, you know, these online statistics here. Uh, let's go with the numbers. So from what I see here, uh, it says we have 81,000. 
a little over 81,000 in China, a little over 74,000 in Italy, 69,000 here in the States, 56,000 plus in Spain, 39 plus over in Germany, Iran, 29,406, France, 25,233, Switzerland with 11,125. And, you know, you guys can pretty much, you know, go from there. Um, this is definitely a lot more serious than I think a lot of people realize. Um, I'm going to be honest here. Um, this is strictly a personal opinion. It's not a fact. Uh, so please understand that, you know, this is coming from my own mind, my own thought process, uh, just how I kind of perceive things and how I've kind of been processing things here. Um, over the last few weeks. Do I believe that COVID-19 is uh, something that is being handled properly? Um, honestly, I it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. Um, and the reason I say that is because just based off of what I've looked up and from what I've heard and from what I've seen and heard these leaders say and just the news stories and everything like that, um, there was already knowledge uh, that this this whole pandemic, this coronavirus, this COVID-19, um, there was already knowledge that this could have gotten out of hand and will get out of hand if not, you know, contained uh, in, in a timely fashion. So, uh, as you know, it originated over in Wuhan, uh, Wuhan, China, and it has since spread across the globe. And, you know, my, my thing is this. It's unfortunate, but... I think that it's very sad that it took, you know, uh, the COVID-19, the coronavirus, for us to realize um, as a whole, you know, wash your hands, cover your mouth when you cough and sneeze. I mean, all of this is pretty much, you know, uh, stuff that we were taught or should have been taught anyway uh, since you were little. Um, this is all very elementary as far as um, how we are being told that we could possibly prevent it. But here's the thing. Uh, honestly, you know, this has gotten bigger than us. Um, I don't want to go too far into the rabbit hole, but I'm not a scientist or anything. Uh, I don't claim to be. Once again, this is strictly, uh, this is personal opinion here, not fact. But I don't understand how you could just have a virus just kind of pop up out of nowhere. Or I'm not going to say out of nowhere, um, but to us, seemingly nowhere. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really one of those things where, you know, I honestly feel, uh, and this is just me, once again, this is opinion, not fact, I feel like, you know, this is one of those situations that happens when you have people trying to play God, when you uh, 
when you have, you know, people working in these labs and, you know, testing stuff um, and, 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 and doing certain things, uh, when you start messing with, you know, uh, just nature and, and 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 microorganisms and, and and things like that, uh, and sometimes I think you know we don't really realize, or sometimes you know we do realize that sometimes you can go too far. Sometimes things can get out of hand, can get out of control. And the fact that you know this started over in in China across the waters here, uh, there, and now has made its way west and all the way around the world. It's kind of like you know, there had to be some type of warning. There had to be some type of sign, which, you know, from what I've heard and from what I've, you know, have seen and things like that and things that have come out in the media that there was a warning, there was a sign. And, you know, we didn't uh, react fast enough or take it seriously enough. We didn't uh, take the proactive measures. And, you know, I will hope that this thing is uh, something that unites Democrats, Republicans, uh, independents, and whoever, uh, because this isn't time to uh, make this a partisan, you know, uh, issue. This isn't time to use this as a bargaining tool or a bargaining chip. You know, you have millions and millions of people around the world at risk, <clears throat> and more importantly, uh, here in the States for us on the home front, we have millions and millions of people, man, that are affected, that are out of work, um, that don't have money, small businesses um, who are really depending on help and relief uh, from the government um, to do the right thing. Unfortunately, the, the, the thing is, what is the right thing? And is doing the right thing in this situation going to be beneficial to our economy? Uh, we've already taken a huge hit. Uh, more recently, we've had the 2008, um, what was it, the 2008, uh, I can't think of it, I can't think of a re recession, oh my goodness, I'm losing my mind here. Uh, guys, if you hear any kind of buzzing or any kind of bells in the background, that is just an alarm going off, I apologize. But, uh, but yeah, man, we're going to take a quick, quick break and then we're going to come right back. And you know what that means. All right, guys, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to wrap up our talk on the COVID-19. Um, we're definitely going to, you know, continue to follow this along uh, as, you know, more details come out and, you know, uh, whether the curve flattens or continues to go up and go down, you know. Uh, but, you know, just... Uh, it's like like I said earlier, we're definitely living in unprecedented times. Uh, but on to a little bit more of a positive side of things, man. Let's talk a little sports, you know. I know that's what a lot of you guys are here for. So, you know, let's not be somber. You know, let's not be sour. Let's feel the power. And uh, in the words of my, uh, my, my New Day brethren, you know, Xavier Woods, Big E, Kofi Kingston, shout out, you know. Um, you know, my, my, my WWE fans, you know, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but let's, let's talk a little NFL, man. Uh, this off season is, uh, interesting to say the least. We, uh, we have Tom Brady. 
long time. Long, long, long time. <laughs> uh, Patriots QB. You know, that man got six rings, ladies and gentlemen. Six rings. And, uh, you know, he's got about two years left on his contract, you know, more or less. Uh, well, not on his contract, but, you know, in his playing career, he feels. Um, and now he is the newest member of Tampa Bay. Uh, it's definitely a big change of scenery, you know, going from New England down to, you know, Tampa down there in Florida, you know, right there off the coast, Florida, <laughs> uh, down south, man. Uh, I was uh, listening to a podcast earlier, and, uh, you know, uh, this this young lady was basically saying, and I agree 100%, uh, that, you know, for a guy like Tom Brady who's been – Super, you know, straight, straight laced, you know, all about the organization, all about the team. Uh, you really heard nothing bad about Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady is kind of like this magical unicorn in the NFL and, you know, in sports in general. Uh, he's one of those high profile, I won't even say athletes, but one of those high profile names uh, just in the world out there. Um, he's reached that certain uh, Mount Rushmore of uh of almost in invincibility if you will you know it's, it's it's almost as if you know Tom Brady can do zero wrong but uh yeah man this is definitely definitely an interesting look here uh give me a second let me look up something really quick let's see let's see let's see let's see let's see let's see so Tom Brady yeah so he's going to be uh and Tampa, uh, obviously led by you know Bruce Arians, uh, and and Bruce has a has a really unique uh, approach with his quarterbacks. You know he's he, he's he's very collaborative. Uh, he's not a very overbearing uh, coach as far as you know his quarterbacks and everything goes like that. Um, I'm very very interested to see how things shape up for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Um, I don't see this as being a, a, a move by Brady in which he expects to go to the Super Bowl or expects to have a deep playoff run. Um, I kind of see this as, uh, as as Brady just pretty much, man, having, you know, a little bit of fun, if you will. Uh, Brady has been under the microscope, man, ever since he came into the league, having a lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of early success uh, especially under the tutelage of, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time, despite the controversy that may surround him, and uh, Bill Belichick. Uh, Tom Brady has, you know, pretty much been, you know, kicking ass and taking names uh, out there in Boston, and now, you know, he's here in Tampa at, jeez, uh, uh, I don't even know if it's still called Raymond James Stadium anymore. <laughs> uh, man, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of memes on the Internet lately, uh, pretty much saying, you know, Tom Brady leaving uh, the Patriots to go to the Buccaneers. It's like when Jordan left the Bulls to go to the Wizards, um, which, you know, it may or may not be a bad thing. You never know. But at the end of the day, man, Tom Brady, six rings, arguably the GOAT. Uh, say what you want about the guy. I have went on record many a time as uh, as saying I'm not the biggest New England uh, Patriots fan. Um, and I, I can honestly admit, you know, I got tired of seeing him in the Super Bowl. Like I, I just got tired of it. And, you know, me not really being a fan of the Patriots anyway, uh, I 
am glad that Tom Brady is gone from uh, the Patriots. However, you know, even though I'm not necessarily a fan of the Patriots, at the end of the day, facts are facts, and the facts are the Patriots are, if not one of the best teams in NFL history, uh, one of the most impactful teams when you look at, you know, star power, name value, revenue, uh, the fans, the, you know, the allegiance, the culture they have there. Uh, when, when, you, when, you, when you look at all-time great teams, when you look at teams that, you know, are basically the NFL's identity, you have teams like um, – the Patriots, um, you, the Cowboys, uh, who else, man? It's uh, the the Packers, you know, teams like that where when you think of the NFL, man, you think of these teams, uh, despite their records, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, but, you know, moving on, you know, sticking on the topic of football, man. So the Colts, as I'm just finding out, uh, have a new quarterback and one Phillip Rivers. You talk about elite quarterbacks. You talk about elite players in the NFL. Uh, Phillip Rivers, man, is one of the best. Uh, he's also a, another long tenured uh, player in the NFL, man, spending most of his career up until this point uh, with the San Diego Chargers, uh, who will who actually just became known as the LA Chargers, uh, you know, recently, a uh, season or so ago. So, uh yeah man I'm 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 looking at this roster now and offensively man you know you got T.Y. Hilton you got Paris Campbell you got Zach Pasco uh but you know I'm really trying to figure out how is Philip Rivers going to fit into this coach system um that's a big thing for me uh as far as free agents man you got Devin Fuentes who signed with the Green Bay Packers in free agency which uh, I'm definitely, definitely, definitely really interested to see how that works out. Uh, but, yeah, man, so you got two of the best, you know, passers in the game, man, uh, Tom Brady, and uh, you got TB12 and Phillip Rivers, you know, changing area codes. Um, moving on, man, uh, keeping up with the topic of football. <laughs> We uh, there's been a report that has come out that a construction worker at the Raiders' new stadium has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Uh, so this really, man, guys, just just goes to show you that uh, this thing, man, is hitting any and everybody, any and everywhere. Uh, the Raiders' new facility, one point nine billion on the price tag, sixty five thousand seats, man. They are scheduled to play there this fall. Uh, I'm really interested to see the aesthetics of that man. See how the team look, how the how the, how how the fans, you know, are you know reacting in this new stadium. Uh, given that you know the coronavirus is over and out the way, or at least managed. Uh, and then last but not least, man, you know we have Dak Prescott and the Dallas, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, kind of a strange relationship, you know. Uh, the Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones, uh, one of the more, you know, noticeable and known figures in, you know, NFL, uh, you know, Jerry being Jerry. Uh, this year, man, Dak Prescott, he's going to make, you know, $27 million next season, you know, which, pff, hey, look, man, you give me 27000 for one game, I'm good, you know, so let alone $27 million. 
uh, you know, I, 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 I definitely won't be feeling too bad for Prescott. Um, but yeah, man. So you know, the NFL is is, is shaping up to be uh, very, very interesting, man. Uh, we're definitely gonna keep an eye out on on the draft. Uh, you know, all the prospects and everything like that, and really just trying to figure out what the NFL or how the NFL is gonna go about that. You know, with the whole Corona thing going on now, so uh, that'd be very, very, very interesting. Uh, moving on to the NBA. Uh, man, as it stands right now uh, in the East, we got the Milwaukee Bucks with 53 wins, 12 losses in first place, followed by Toronto at 46-18, and 18, Boston 43-21, Miami 41-24, Indiana at 39-26. Those are the top five teams in the East. Moving out West, we got the LeBron-led LA Lakers at 49 wins, 14 losses, the LA Clippers at 44-20, Denver Nuggets at 43-22, the Utah Jazz at 41-23, and, and Oklahoma City at 40-24 with the Houston Rockets in sixth place tied with OKC at 40 and 24 as well. Uh, of course, because we are in the midst of the NBA season, uh, but due to this coronavirus thing, man, uh, it's been postponed for now. Uh, so if you guys are like me, you've been playing a lot of NBA 2K, uh, pretty much living out, you know, your NBA fantasy season, your NBA fantasy life uh, through Xbox, PlayStation, whatever you know. I'm Team Microsoft all day. Uh, I started off as a as a as a, as a PlayStation user, you know, as a, as a Sony player, uh, and then it was right around maybe fifth grade. Uh, made a bet with my dad. Uh, I saved up my money. He ended up matching me. Uh, long story short, got an Xbox for the first time ever, and I've been, you know, Microsoft all the way. And plus, to me, man, the graphics are just more lit. PlayStation has a few extra little features, man. We're on the technical side. It's kind of like Androids and iPhones. Uh, you know, pretty much do the same thing. But iPhones, I mean, you know, they kind of are a little more fancier uh, to a degree. But anywho. Uh, yeah, man, what a, what a change has been uh, for the L.A. Lakers, you know, last year, man, you know, uh, definitely a learning curve. Um, you know, you had LeBron, you had the whole circus with uh, LeVar Ball and Lonzo. You had that whole fiasco. Um, and now, man, yeah, you know, L.A., you know, LeBron, the Lakers, man, they sitting pretty out there. Both teams in L.A., uh, the Clippers, they're only five and a half games back. The Nuggets are seven games back. Utah, eight and a half. And then OKC. Uh, then you got the Houston Rockets, man. They tied, you know, um, and nine and a half back as well, sitting in that sixth spot. So, uh, man, the NBA is uh, it, it, it's definitely looking interesting, um, to say the least. I'm looking here, man. You know, you got my beloved Cavs. They're sitting dead last in the Eastern Conference. You got the Golden State Warriors sitting dead last in the uh, in the Western Conference, and it's crazy. You know, um, for years, man, for years, for years, for years, you had the Cavs and the Warriors going at it. You know, two dogs, you know, just going at it. Hurt, you know, uh, and you just knew every single year, you know, uh, these two teams are going to go head-to-head and um, – in the finals, and then you had the departure of you know LeBron and 
uh, the departure of KD, obviously, for Golden State. And, you know, Steph was injured earlier in the year. Uh, both teams are definitely, you know, in a rebuilding phase. And yeah, I, I could definitely see them, you know, you know, climbing back up the ladder soon. You know, they, they all they both have a lot of great talent. Uh, you know, now we just got to, you know, kind of put the pieces back together and rebuild. But, I mean, then you go back and you look Toronto, uh, like I said, Boston, Miami, Indiana, Philly, Brooklyn. Uh, even though Orlando, they're sitting at 30 and 35, it's kind of like, okay, you know, they're still right there in the middle of the pack. Uh, then on the west, uh, on the west coast side of things, when the Western Conference, you got a, uh, you got Memphis. They sitting at thirty two and thirty three. Dallas forty and twenty seven. Uh, so there's a nice little, you know, uh, seven game separation between Dallas and Memphis. You know, and you know, in, in that seating there. But you know, it is what it is, man. Sports, you gotta love it. You gotta love it, man. Uh, as far as the season leaders go. Uh, offensively, man, for the 2019-2020 season, we got number one, we got the boy, the beard, you know, James Harden out of Houston with 34.4 points a game. We got Bradley Beal coming out of Washington at 30.5. You got Giannis Antetokounmpo at 29.6. Trey Young, ATL Hawk, 29.6. And, of course, out there in Portland, you got that boy Dame Dollar, a.k.a. Dame Lillard, 28.9. Uh, if you're looking on the defensive side of things, man, rebounding wise, you got Andre Drummond, Cavs, 15.2, Hassan Whiteside, Portland, 14.2, Giannis once again, uh, he's on on the list as well with 13.7 boards. You got Rudy Gobert, 13.7. They got Demontis Sabonis, he's got 12.6. Oh, excuse me, 12.4. If we're looking at assists. You got King James himself, the chosen one, 10.6. Trey Young made his way back to the list with 9.3. Ricky Rubio with 8.9. Luka Doncic with 8.7. And Big Ben Simmons with 8.2. Uh, looking at the blocks right now, man, we got Hassan Whiteside, 3.7. Brooke Lopez, 2.4. We got DeBrow, a.k.a. AD. Anthony Davis with 2.4. Miles Turner with 2.18. Eight, which is just basically 2.1, and Chris Das Porzingis, man, with two with two uh, blocks a game. So I mean, guys, man, it's, it's, it's looking good. It's looking good when things come back, you know, uh, return back to normal for the NBA. But until then, man, we just got to kind of ride this thing out, guys. Stay tuned. Come back. We got more in store for you, and that's the bottom line of the franchise says so. One, two, you hear the clock ticking, tick, time. you about to stop living, tick, time. I want you to remember me, tick, time. but the day don't have no memory, I'm coming, nobody can stop me, nobody can hold me, nobody can control me, I'm coming, I'm here to do my thing, I'm here to bring the pain, I'm never ever gonna change, I'm coming, nobody can stop me, nobody can hold me, nobody can control me, I'm coming, yes, Yes, yes. In the words of Daniel Bryan, uh, we get to cover one of my favorite topics, man, which is, you know, wrestling, professional wrestling, WWE, NXT, AEW. Um, so as, as I started off the show earlier, you know, we, uh, we, we spoke about the pandemic, you know, the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, as it's been dubbed. Um, and we, we, we talked about how, how it affected, you know, sports to a degree and just entertainment and life in general, really, to be honest with you. Um, 
everybody's feeling it. Everybody's getting hit uh, in one form or another. Uh, one thing that's been very unique uh, is the continued performances uh, and live shows uh, being put on national TV uh, by the WWE with their two flagship shows, Raw and SmackDown, followed by their uh, developing third brand, which is actually basically pretty much the official third brand uh, in NXT. And then you have the upstart company, man. You have AEW, All Elite Wrestling, uh, which came to be last, what was it, last January. So January 1st of 2019 had their first actual televised show in uh, October of 2019. So, you know, they're still in their infancy period of, uh, of their start. Um, so we're going to cover a little bit of those two shows. Uh, but it, it, it's definitely been interesting uh, as a fan because the one thing with professional wrestling um, unlike basketball or football or baseball, um, yes, crowds are great for those games, but crowds don't necessarily make or break a basketball game. You know, you can go and have a five on five game with no crowd and it's okay. Um, but a wrestling match, wrestling is for years, it was dubbed as fake, um, is it scripted? Sure. Choreographed? Absolutely. But are the risks and dangers of the moves and basically letting your life sit in the hand, in the palms of somebody who could possibly end it or your career uh, with one accidental or purposeful move? Absolutely. Um, the dangers are very real. Uh, there's been many deaths in, in professional wrestling. There's been many lives and careers cut short due to accidents and freak injuries um, uh, and, and so forth. Uh, so to see, you know, basically what I'm trying to get to here, guys, is, you know, wrestling is is a whole different animal. It's like a circus. I mean, what is a circus without attendees and people in the crowd to witness all the stunts, the craziness, the madness? Uh, and everything in between. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, WWE and AEW, they have been running shows uh, in front of basically no one uh, as far as uh, a live public audience is uh, concerned. Uh, WWE has pretty much, you know, kept the bare minimum of staff with AEW with their first show last week. Uh, I like how they had a small group of wrestlers um, and personnel on, on on both sides of the rings to kind of, you know, make it feel a little less awkward. Um, the one thing I will say is this. Seeing the matches uh, is, is a little awkward. Um, seeing these guys and, and, and women wrestle without no crowd is a little awkward because you really get to notice things you don't notice when they're wrestling in front of thousands of people. Uh, just small, intricate, very intimate things that, you know, wouldn't be exposed about the business as far as certain moves. You kind of pay a lot closer attention to certain moves and certain, just just just, just the way, you know, the, the, the things are choreographed and structured. Um, to say the least, but I will, I will I will say this, man. Let's get right into it, uh, um, and then I will come back to you know my thoughts. Um, so we're gonna start off with NXT, you know the Wednesday Night Wars as it's been dubbed. 
Uh, NXT, man, we have Tyler Breeze. He defeated Austin Theory. Uh, Killian Dane defeated Tahuti Miles. Cameron Grimes, man, this guy. Uh, I'm absolutely in love with this guy's character. Um, he's definitely an acquired taste. Uh, but it's just the guy, man, is, is, is an absolute it's an absolute stud, okay? Uh, the guy can go in the ring. The guy's athletic. Uh, the guy doesn't look like your typical quote-unquote, uh, I, I, I can't even say your typical wrestler because, you know, nowadays, what is your typical wrestler? But the guy has a unique look and a unique swag and a unique moveset. And I, I, I honestly uh, love everything about the guy. Um, so, yeah, so there's that. Uh, let's see what else happened. Uh, Io Shirai, man, she came back to defeat Aaliyah to qualify for the NXT Women's Women's Number One Contenders Ladder Match, which I'm very excited. Io Shirai, man, she's been off the scene for a while, for a couple months, dealing with an injury. Uh, Aaliyah was originally slated to face Zia Lee, uh, but she was shown backstage. Uh, she suffered an attack, so she was injured pre-match, which set the way. For the Josie Judas, Io Shirai, one of my favorite women, one of my favorite uh, wrestlers of all time, and that's 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 singing high praises, man. Because you know I'm 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 very selective on on who I'm a fan of, and Io Shirai, man, she's definitely one of the more respected, one of the best workers in my opinion, not only in WWE, NXT, but in all of professional wrestling. Uh, she's definitely one of those women where I feel like no matter which promotion she goes to, she's always going to be an attraction. She's always going to be a star. She's always going to be somebody that, you know, if you don't have the title on her, she's going to always at least somewhat be in the title conversation. Uh, and speaking of titles, man, you got the NXT North American champion, the limitless one, Mr. Baskin, his glory, Keith Lee. Uh, he brought with the Archer Infamy, Damian Priest and Dominic Dijakovic, uh, you know, it started off with Lee and Dijakovic in the ring. They were having a little, you know, uh, a, 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 a little a little back and forth conversation, man, you know. And, uh, you know, Damian Priest, he came out, you know, he said his piece. And, then, you know, they kind of all kind of got into a little scuffle, and that's that. Uh, next up, they got Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch as they defeated Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. Uh, you got Candice LeRae, who defeated Caden Carter to qualify for the NXT Women's Championship uh, ladder match as well. Uh, World Championship, yeah. Uh, my thing is, so I love Candice, Candice Wrestling, you know, wife to absolute NXT poster boy, Johnny Gargano. Caden uh, Carter, man, she's got a look. She's got a hell of a look, got a hell of a vibe to her. Uh my only thing is, you know, uh, they've been using her kind of as a, a stepping stone for, you know, a lot of the women they want to push. So I hope, you know, Caden definitely sooner or later, she 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 kind of gets that uh, that recognition uh, and starts picking up a few victories and, you know, really starts to to cement herself. She's still got a little bit of work to do. So I understand she's not quite ready yet. But uh, that's definitely uh, a new face I want to see pushed uh, sooner than later. But, you know, when the time is right, you know, I trust Triple H. I trust William Regal. I trust Shawn Michaels. I trust the whole NXT staff and the whole NXT process. Uh, you know, they say, man, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a slow burn. 
Uh, you don't want to cook too fast because when you cook too fast, it looks good on the outside, but on the inside, it's still got a ways to go. Uh, next up, man, we got the bro, the original bro, Matt Riddle, former MMA badass, defeats Roderick Strong, who is one-fourth of the UE, the Undisputed Era, led by champion Adam Cole, baby, the NXT champion to be exact. And then, man, to end the night, as far as NXT is concerned, we got Triple H. He announces that Tommaso Ciampa will face Johnny Gargano in two weeks for their final match. Uh, and during this, man, uh, we kind of seen a video, a video package, uh, what looks to be Killer Cross um, making his uh, debut soon. Uh, so, yeah, man, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Uh, so that was NXT. And now we're going to shoot right on over and talk a little AEW. So, you know, we started off AEW. Uh, we had Cody Rose on commentary. Uh, no Taz, no JR. Uh, you know, pretty much uh, because of the whole corona, the quarantine thing. So they weren't there. Uh, no Justin Roberts on the comment, not on commentary, excuse me. No Justin Roberts as a ring announcer. So for the second week, we had the lovely Brandy Rose show her face. Uh, also, wife of Cody Rhodes. So, uh, yeah, man, well, they were outside. I want to say they were at Daly's place in Jacksonville with the open uh, the open air arena venue, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but anywho, man, nonetheless, we also had the we had Kenny Omega, man. We had him on commentary as well. Uh, first match of the night, man. We got Cody versus Jimmy Havoc. Uh, pretty pretty decent match. Uh, you know, it was definitely two different styles, uh, two very different styles. Uh, Cody and Jimmy, you know, they did what they could. Um, it, it To me, I felt like this match really was more about what happened after the match. And uh, what happened after the match took place after the Cody got the pinfall. Cody kind of talked to the hard cam really quick and then appeared on the screen with Jake the Snake Roberts, who uh, had a pre-tape vignette. And pretty much told Cody to bring all his friends for a showdown with Lance Archer. And, uh, man, let me tell you, for a guy that's been out the game, uh, at least, you know, out of, you know, the mainstream uh, wrestling uh, community, is, uh, as long as Jake the Snake has, who is absolutely a legend in the game, uh, for him to come back, man, and to, to have this whole little thing with Cody and, and the way he's pretty much positioning Lance Archer uh, for success in this game, it's absolutely amazing, man. I love it. It's great to see Jake the Snake uh, cutting promos better than half the roster, uh, half the industry. <laughs> you know, Jake's showing what a legend is and what a legend does. Next up, we got the Enigma Darby Allen versus Super Bad Kip Sabian. Um, man, Allen, he defeated Sabian in this match. Uh, to me, it was okay. It, it, it was It was okay. Uh, it wasn't the best match, but, I mean, hey, it is what it is, man. You can't win them all. Uh, like I said, Allen defeated Sabian. Next up, we got Hager versus Chico Adams. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls of all ages, I uh, would ask you that if you are under the age of 13, uh, excuse me. You know what? I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even going to cuss. Not yet. I'm not going to cuss. I ain't going to do it. But who in the holy hell is Chico Adams? I have no idea, man. And, and and clearly, I wouldn't have any idea. Jake Hager, pretty much, man, he ran roughshod through uh, Chico Adams. Uh, once again, 
Another match that I felt was more about what happened after the match. Of course, we had John Moxley, the AEW heavyweight champion. He came out. Uh, him and Hager, man, they went at it. Moxley hit him with the paradigm shift, and he left. Uh, next up, you got QT Marshall versus the exalted one, Brody Lee. And uh, guys, let me tell you this. I absolutely love watching Brody Lee. Um WWE, once again, man, AEW is showing what happens when WWE and other companies don't use their top talent like the top talent they are. They come to AEW, and they show you exactly why they are who they are and why they're so sought after. Uh, Brody Lee. I, I wish he, and uh, we're going to get to this gentleman a little later, uh, I wish he and Matt Hardy would have made their debuts in front of a live crowd. Uh, I feel like because the crowds have been starving so long uh, to to watch these guys and to see these guys, for months it was rumored that Matt Hardy was going to, t- uh, to AEW. Uh, as soon as Brody Lee, his contract went up, it was rumored that he was going to AEW. We seen him taking pictures with Sammy Guevara and, and stuff like that. So I can't wait to see these guys get in front of a loud crowd, a live crowd, to really, you know, just see the pop and to really experience all this in its full glory. Um, so, yeah, man, it was good to see that. And next up, man, we had a AAA Mega Championship match. We got the cleaner, Kenny Omega, versus the Spanish guy, Sammy Guevara. Uh, man, this is a pretty, pretty, really great match, uh, to be honest. You got Kenny Omega, man, defeated Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, excuse me. And then, last but not least, man, it wasn't a match, but it was the main event of the night featuring Vanguard 1. You had Matt Hardy confront Chris Jericho, and when I say Vince McMahon has to be banging his head against the wall, he, Johnny Ace, Mark Carano, whoever the hell else is still on the WWE payroll, have to be slapping themselves right now with one of Mick Foley's barbed wire bats because this was absolute genius. This was done in a way only Matt Hardy and AEW and maybe TNA or Impact could have done it. WWE has dropped the ball on this. How did you not see the creative vision of one Matt Hardy? You have guys like Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho who are 20-plus year vets in the game, and they pretty much show and prove with a little bit of creativity, with a little imagination, what a real, true, authentic wrestling mind can do when one is willing and dedicated to reinventing himself for the longevity of not only himself but of the business guys like chris jericho and matt hardy are the lifeblood the lifeline the longevity the pure blood that runs through the veins of professional wrestling are these two guys and guys like them uh and yeah i I don't have any numbers uh on who won the ratings battle between the two i'm going to assume AEW, but that is an assumption not a fact so when i get the facts i get back to you but until then man guys we're gonna take one last commercial break then we're gonna hit our final topic of the day and then that will be it so uh yeah stay tuned the great one says you can kiss his ass all right guys well we are on our last last topic of the show uh unfortunately but don't worry man because this is just the beginning uh 
We are at the we are just now on the beginning of this rainbow. We still got a long way to go till we reach the pot of gold, man. So uh I wanna thank you guys for tuning in, man, to listening to me. Uh, I just wanna take a second to really give uh thanks and appreciation and to uh express my utmost gratitude and uh sincere humbleness, man. Uh you know in life, you really don't know what you want to do, right? Uh, some people kind of have their lives all mapped out. Uh, some people feel like, and they know truly in their hearts, you know, from a young age, what they want to do. Uh, other people like myself, man, you kind of you kind of stumble into uh, life, and you kind of stumble into a job or a place of work or you know a hobby, or you kind of stumble into really finding yourself. Uh, and that's kind of what this podcast is about. Um, this was something that I thought about doing for a while. I also have another podcast as well, Generational Wrestling, uh, with my bros, uh, Kimbro, a.k.a. Too Cold, Kimbro, Too Cold, K. Breezy, uh, and Joe, a.k.a. Flawless Joy V, the Flawless Phenomenon. Uh, but... You know, I, I I I was I was itching for something more. Uh, me, I was like, you know, I I enjoy my show with my bros, but you know, they all have lives, and we I have a life myself. Uh, I'm going to have a, a newborn son soon, so I will have my son and my daughter. And uh, you know, I've been thinking over these last couple of weeks, like you know. How can I be the best father possible, right? Then I started thinking, how can I be the best boyfriend or fiance? Or how can I be the best son? Or how can I be the best uncle? How can I be the best? Long story short, how can, how can I be the best me, right? And so I started thinking, to be the best me for someone else, I have to be the best me for myself first. Um, and, I, and, and, I, and I think that's what a lot of us fail to realize. Uh, you know, you feel like you kind of have to live up to someone else's standards. You feel like you have to uh, be Superman for everybody. Uh, and, and, and and a lot of times, man, it, it, it's just not that damn easy. Uh, but once you finally realize what's important to you, what makes you happy, um, what makes your clock tick, you know, then that's when you really, really will um, come into a whole world of endless possibility and opportunity. Um, ever since I was a kid, you know, me and my dad, we used to listen to talk radio all the time. My dad wasn't much of a of a, of a music player or a music listener. Uh, so I spent many days, man, going to and from school, coming home from practice, going to practice, going to games, coming home from games, uh, listening to talk radio. Uh, Greg, uh, Greg Brenda, Kenny Roder, uh, oh my God, I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, Jim Rome, I believe is his name, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Art McCoy, uh, so many people, man, so many, so many, so many people. Uh, you know, Ken Carmen, uh, you know, people like that, man, and it just. Me and my dad really didn't talk a whole lot in the car. You know, it was pretty much we got in the car, 
and we just listen to sports. And if we didn't listen to sports, we listen to sports slash talk radio. Uh, so that's that. That's kind of what me and my dad kind of bonded over, uh, our love of sports. And, you know, going on these long rides sometimes, man, where it's just an awkward silence between my father and I. Whenever he turned that radio up, man, you know, the conversation that I got was listening to other people and to listen to other people talk and, you know, just just be themselves, man. And that's always been the thing about me. I've always been a nonconformist. I've always believed in being who the hell you are. You know, if I got something on my mind, I'm going to say it. You know, I've always been the one to ruffle feathers. I've always been the one to go against the grain. I've always been the one to be a little bit off at times, a little outspoken. You know, that spoke on the wheel, man, uh, that just keep going and going and going. You know, uh, but I also believe in being a cog in the wheel. Sometimes I believe, you know, you got to stop that thing and you got to slow it down a little bit. And you got to show that son bitch who boss. And, and that's me, man. That's me. Uh, I definitely believe that. People like me who who think like me um, are needed in this world, man. Or, uh, you need people who aren't afraid to disrupt the system. You need people who aren't afraid of not giving a damn what other people think. Uh, so when I, when I started this podcast here, I wanted something to where I could be explicitly myself 100%. I wanted something to where I felt like, If I want to record at 1 o'clock in the morning or 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I could do that. Uh, If something came across my mind and I wanted to get it out there to the universe, I could at any given time, you know. Um, I just want to give people that sense of feeling, man, that I felt when I was a child, when I was a kid. Then I grew up to be a teenager. Then now I'm a father of one, finna be two now. Uh, Finna be two two children, uh, my son and my daughter. Um... Last year, last summer, I was I was in the gym, I was working out, and I realized I hate running on the treadmill. Now that's something I know I've known for a while. I hate running on the treadmill. I hate cardio, but it's absolutely necessary. So I will find myself getting distracted on a treadmill because I, you know, after you know each song, I'm trying to skip through songs, trying to find a song to keep me motivated, to keep me pushing, and then. You know, I don't know what made me go to it, man, but I believe at the time it was uh, Booker T, and I believe his podcast was called Heated Conversations before he came out with the Hall of Fame. And I and I listened to it, and I'm like, okay, I like this. And then I knew that uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I know he had a podcast, so I've, I've dabbled with a few of his podcasts, you know, here and there before. And then, uh, you know, in, in the midst of my podcast, listening to Journey, man, I came across, you know, Talk is Jericho. So now I'm going back and forth with Talk is Jericho and heated conversations with Booker T, right? And then, so after that, I come up to the ENC Pot of Austin News Edge and Christians podcast. Now, for those who don't really know who I am referencing, I am referencing a lot of wrestlers, a lot of wrestling podcasts. If you didn't know, I'm a wrestling nerd. That is also something that me and my father bonded over when I was a child, uh, watching WCW, the Monday Night Wars from an early age. Uh, Every Thursday night, man, going to my dad's room when the wrestling was on UPN and me and my dad, you know, we wouldn't talk or really see each other, really say nothing to each other all day. But as soon as wrestling came on, man, it was like, hey, dad, man, can I watch TV with you? You know, me and my dad just kicking it, you know. Um, But long story short, man, you know, it's podcast and talk radio and just 
people, whether it's one person or a hundred people talking, you know, just to see how they view things. Yeah, you might not always agree, but damn, you know, just to kind of see how another person's mind works, to kind of see their perspective, their vantage point, their viewpoint, why they feel the way they feel, how did they get to that conclusion? You know, why are people the way they are? Why is the world the way it is? You know, um, I feel like, you know, in real life, I'm an introvert. I said it a thousand times. I hate people. I hate interactions. If I can stay in my house and be a hermit, I will. I, I joke with my my girl all the time about it. I hate people. She said the same thing, you know. <laughs> like, dude, you are, like, so unapproachable. And somehow, yet, yeah, people manage to keep approaching me. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I guess, you know, I'm not that unapproachable. But, like I said, man, you know, I, I, I wanted an outlet. I, I fantasized about this. I, I visualized this in my mind for months and months and months and months and months. And, and you know, like I said, I got, I got another podcast that I do, Generation of Wrestling with my guys. But I had to do something for me. You know, I feel like I'm always doing something for everybody else. I feel like, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, uh, lend myself to somebody else's needs. And I feel like, you know, well, damn, man, who's going to do something for me? And granted, I got a lot of people in my life that help me out and do things for me. But, you know, there's nothing like that satisfaction of doing something for yourself. And it actually is for yourself, you know, uh, for once to be selfish and to have an outlet to where I can just entertain, man, and just really say what's on my mind. I hope I can connect with like-minded people and even people who aren't like-minded like myself. For people who never even thought they would think like me or or agree to what I'm agreeing or maybe not even agree with me, maybe disagree, but maybe I bring open a whole new set of viewpoints that you never even thought to experience or that you would experience just off a simple conversation or a topic or a talking piece uh, from a guy like myself. It's pretty much all, all I ever wanted, all I ever asked for. Uh, so, guys, this is the very first edition, and it's very much far from the last edition of Real Talk with your truly the franchise. Uh, like I say, man, we talk sports, politics, and everything in between and around the corner, so don't get it twisted. Uh, some days, man, we might be a little politic heavy. Some days it's going to be a little sports heavy. Some days it's going to be random. It could be things that's going on at my house, man, with my kid, you know, or kids, or, you know, my woman, you know, or my dad or my grandmother. You never know, man, what's going to come out of my mouth. But just know, man, it's strictly all for information and entertainment. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the very first ever edition of Real Talk with yours truly, the franchise. And until next time, see you later. And that's the bottom line because the franchise says so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Whoa, it's time to rock and roll.